quitting time? Who says it's quitting time? I said it's quitting time. I's the foreman. I's the one says when it's quitting time at Tara. Quitting time! So, um, um, uh, um, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> I've never attempted to do a Stewie before. That was, that was weird. not half in. Welcome to it. No, and I've lost no. it. <laughs> I've and lost I've it. lost it. Welcome, everybody, to episode 102. I can talk now. Yes, John Vocals are back. Energy is back. He's not sitting here like, I. you guys have no idea how horrible I felt last week about making him do this pod, that podcast. Because, I mean, if we had just been watching, like, a short-ish normal movie yep. and not freaking Lawrence of Arabia, um, I maybe would have felt a little less bad. But we were watching... There we go. We didn't adjust before nope. we started the book. We were watching a four and a half hour movie. No, not four and a half. Just shy of four hour long movie. And Jeff's like, literally, like, we went to eat and he was fine. And then as the movie progressed, it was like he was rolling down a hill. Yep. And he just kind of deflated. Like yep. you're deflating one of those wavy things. And then I proceeded to be sick home from work the next two days after yep. the podcast. So I felt really bad. Because <laughs> I was so ill. I didn't get sick. So okay. No. Neither did Colin. So we're all Which right. Which is good. That's all that matters. Because that's why I stayed home. I didn't want to get other people right. sick. But hey, enough about my health. Just know that Jeff's better now. I'm better. And this is movie number six. <laughs> <laughs> was that actual? That was half real, real half, half, half fake. fake. Okay, I didn't so, have to cough, but I did. Movie number six. Can you believe it's this? I know. Movie number six is Gone with the Wind from 1939. It was approved. And it sucked. That's it. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> no. It was three hours and 58 no. minutes long. It's a drama romance war film with an 8.2 out of 10 and, oddly enough, no Metascore. I know. I looked that up. Roger Ebert gave it a four star. I'm sure he did. Which, I mean, guys, I'm just going to assume at this point that every film from here on out. Yeah, I'd hope so. Short of Ben-Hur. Every film from here on out yeah. will just be a four star from Roger Ebert. <laughs> Fun fact. You may also like on IMDb, Casablanca, Ben-Hur, Lawrence of Arabia, Bridge on the River Kwai, It Happened One Night, Citizen Kane, Streetcar Named Desire, Some Like It Hot, The Deer Hunter, The Best Years of Our Lives, Singing in the Rain and On the Waterfront. I haven't seen any of those. <laughs> no, I haven't either. <laughs> um, let's see. Direct Directed by, primarily directed by Victor Fleming. Just like just like Wizard of Oz, this movie had multiple directors. Yes. And then written by Margaret Mitchell, who wrote the book. And then Sidney Howard wrote the screenplay. And starring, most notably, Clark Gable, Vivian Lee, Leslie Howard, and Olivia de Havilland. Also Thomas Mitchell, who we all know from... Um, Several Frank Capper films. Mm -hmm. And Anne Rutherford, you might know. George Reeves, who played the original Superman. Evelyn Keyes, you might know. Uh, Hattie McDaniel, who played Mammy. Butterfly McQueen, who played Prissy. And that's kind of it. It's probably all you would recognize from anything else. Yeah, I mean, you mo everyone else you probably just know from the... Oh, Ward Bond. I forgot about Ward Bond. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he was the Yankee captain. And then Cliff Edwards, you just hear, you never see him. Cliff Edwards, by the way, um, is... Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing. He died in 1971, but he was credited in Killing Them Softly from 2012. He did voiceover work. Oh, he's Jiminy Cricket. Sorry, that's who he is. 
He's the voice of oh, Jiminy Cricket, so that's probably okay. why he's credited in Killing Them Softly from 2012, because Jiminy Cricket's probably, like, in the background or something. And yeah, you only hear his voice. So, yeah, that's what you need to know. Oddly enough, um, on the IMDb Top 250, excuse me, I burped, and now I'm yawning, it was a hundred, number 159. What? Out of the what? Top, um... 200? 250 on IMDb. It's 159. Because that one is... Isn't that one based upon user reviews? Right? It might be. I think the IMDb one is based upon... Or user I'm rating, I'm, like, scrolling through say. to see if I can find, like, a 1 out of 10 or something. Just to, <laughs> to explain why it's that yeah, low. Yeah, <laughs> 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10... 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 9. So what you're saying is this movie is hated by all. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 3, 2, 1? There's a flashback to the 90s. 10, 10, 3, 2, 1. It's cheaper for you. No, it's it's easy for you and cheaper for them. No, it's 1-800-C-O-L-L-A-T-T. C-A-L-L-A-T-T. Do you remember any of those commercials? Yeah, now that you say that. But the 1-800-COLLECT yeah. yeah. is one of them. And yeah. then 1010-321 was the other one. Oh, yeah! We was... were having 90s nostalgia before we started yes. the episode. We finished the movie like 20 minutes, half an hour ago, but we were uh, yeah. listening to 90s music. Because yeah. we do that. that and I was discussing how I would like to now own another pair of overalls. Almost. Oh, geez. You are going... I can't even say 10 years after the fact. It's like... Are you going to start listening to Nirvana and grunge music? And I just, am wearing a flannel shirt I right know now. you are, and that's why I'm, I'm worried. I may have been looking up vintage Smashing Pumpkins concert uh, t-shirts on eBay. Oh my god, you know how expensive they are. Oh, I'm sure. Because <laughs> A, it's the Smashing Pumpkins, and B, they're Smashing vintage. Pumpkins. Anyway, back on track. So, episode, uh, go with the win. You're supposed to do awards, if you want to. I, I can, I can. Oh, I no, didn't, I didn't know if we were summary. Summary. Summary okay, and so the IMDb, Oh, I bit this nail off. I was really proud of that one. Okay. That's a weird disc- um, uh, summary no, for this sorry. movie. <laughs> a manipula- Scarlet bites her no. fingernail off, and she's pissed for the rest of the movie. Oh, maybe. What happened? <laughs> a manipulative Southern Belle carries on a turbulent affair with a blockade runner during the American Civil War that is the most misleading... Yeah, it is. ...summary ever. Because... You realize that Rhett's not in much of the first half of the movie. No, he shows up, and then he shows up, and then he kind of goes away, and then he shows, he shows up, up for the burning of Atlanta, Yeah, and then he goes away. Until the second half. In all fairness, because though, after the- she goes to visit the, him in jail after the second half. Right, I mean, in all fairness, after the burning of Atlanta, there's only, what, like a half hour, if that, yeah, until the intermission? Yeah. So, but, which I also know, well, I guess the intermission's about halfway, wasn't it? That was about yeah, two hours. Yeah, plus the entre act, yeah. Yeah. And then the exit music. Um, you want to hear my summary? Your summary, Lindsay, go. Melly is the R2-D2 of Gone with the Wind. So who is C-3PO? <laughs> Ashley. 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 He's even golden. Ashley. 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 <laughs> we wanted to know how many times she says it, and I'm not going to rewatch it and count it. Oh, we, no. And we couldn't find it on the internet either. No, amazingly, you start Googling this, and you, start, you type in how many times did Scarlet... In mm-hmm. Google, and it auto it auto completes it to say Ashley in Gone with the Wind, and I can't find an answer on it anywhere online. So by what I mean by Melly is the R two D two because in my opinion and a lot of other people R two is like the unsung hero mm-hmm. of the Star Wars original Star Wars trilogy four through six, and um, Melly 
who, and we'll get into this in discussion, like, Melly Lake saves mostly everyone's ass for this whole movie, at least in the second half. She is way too nice for her own good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand why. You made a really good point. You know what? Okay, we obviously, I don't care. Order. You made a really good point that in most movies, Melly would have been the main character. Do you want to discuss that? What? That Melly would have been the main character in most movies. Oh, no, I wanted to get into that in our discussion later. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to do it now or No, and I'm not going to read much trivia because there's a lot of trivia. Just read it yourself. I would like to discuss this more There's a really good documentary on this movie. Is there really? I remember watching, like, a making of. It might not not even, like, technically a documentary. It might have just been a making of that was on, like, the DVD or something. But I remember it going over every tiny little detail. I'll have to look that up while you're doing your stuff. Um, Let me... Okay, I mean, I'll, 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 Ooh, I'm going to share gonna... a link with you to post on the website because I'm not going to do trivia. Okay. As much, or maybe I'll put it on the Facebook. Too. We can do it in both places. It's a mental floss article. I think it's like 20 things you didn't know about Gone with the Wind. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, we'll come back to the Melly thing. Okay. And being too nice and like her being a main character. Um, let me do the awards real quick. Okay. This film, this is a fun awards for this movie. The film had 13 Oscar nominations mm-hmm. and an additional 12 nominations. The Oscars that it was nominated for but did not win was Best Actor in a Leading Role for Clark Gable, Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Olivia Dill, Olivia Day De Havilland, Havilland. De Havilland. Olivia De Havilland. De Havilland. Uh, Best Sound Recording, Best Effects, Special Effects. This movie, this movie did not win. I want to look that up now. Okay. It did not win for best special effects. That's insane. Um, I, I I'm sorry, guys. I have to look this up right now because I want to know what beat it. Um, <clears throat> at the twelfth Academy Awards, mind you, <laughs> it's so long ago. Um, but um, and, and then also it was nominated for best music and original score, but did not win. Um, hold on, let's look this up because this is gonna bug me. The rains came. Okay. The fuck is that movie? Ooh, there's our explicit tag. Don't just got real salty about that. <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with being the reason why it has an explicit tag. Um, also the same year, Wizard of Oz was nominated and also lost. Oh, yeah. No, I knew that. Yeah. Um, the Rains Came. What is this movie? Here, I'm sending... Is your phone on making it's sounds? On, no, it's on silent. Okay, I'm sending you the link to the... The adventurous Lady Edwina... Esseth travels to the princely state of Ranchipur in India with her husband, Lord Albert Esseth, who is there to purchase some of the Maharaja's horses. Do we need to get into the discussion again about the whole best picture, like, Oscar winner, you know, uh, the Academy's stuff again? The hell is this movie? This movie's highly rated. I've never heard of this movie. Who the again, hell is this? I don't want to get into this whole discussion about how... The Academy is stupid, even it though won. Birdman won. It won one Oscar, and it was for special effects. Well, maybe the special effects are really good. I've never heard of these Myrna, people. You don't know who Myrna Loy is. Why do I know that name? Give us a second, everybody. Hi. Oh, the best years of our lives. Hi. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Thin Man movie. Okay. So one Karen, Karen just felt a disturbance in the <laughs> She probably did. All right. All right. Uh, so whatever. Okay. Um, okay. So back to the, <laughs> the award. Sorry, kiddos. Um, 
the uh, Oscars that it won, that nominated, it was nominated for and won, was Best Actress in a Leading Role for Vivian Leigh, Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Hattie McDaniel, who played Mammy. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting fact, first African-American to be nominated and win an Oscar, which is really awesome. Uh, especially in 1940, 1939, 1940. Uh, it also won Best Picture, Best Director for Victor Fleming, Best Cinematography in Color, Best Art Direction, Best Film Editing, Best Writing slash Screenplay for Sidney Howard, who, also fun fact, yeah. was posthumously awarded the the uh, the Oscar because he had died. Oh. It was the first posthumous Oscar to be given out. So huh. this film had two first in Academy Award history, granted, Academy Awards had only been around for 12 years, like I said, but it had two firsts. One, it was the first black or African-American uh, person, period, to be nominated and win for a, a, a best actor or a, or a best supporting actor or actress. And then also it was the first posthumous award given out. Now, this film also had two honorary Oscars given out to it. Which is crazy. Uh, for William Cameron Men- uh, Menzies, which is outstanding achievement in the use of color for the enhancement of dramatic mood in the production. Modern day equivalent phrasing that's color grading. Mm-hmm. Basically, what it was was that he used color. Right Continue. He used color for prop, like, he used color and lighting in a way that enhanced the story. At this point in time, you might have had like black and white noir films like Casablanca and all that stuff. That use shadows yeah. and stuff, but they they didn't use it necessarily like to pull emotion. Like the color aspect of it was that yes, you know, he used certain colors when people were feeling certain ways. You know, they used a lot of the silhouettes in a really distinctive way. Um, like when the moon was behind the clouds, when they find when they go back to um, Tara, Tara, um, they're in silhouette and they can't see Tara and then the moon comes out and then they kind of get lit up and then they can see the house and it's okay. Like a lot of those little things. And that's what he won because basically no one had really done that yet. Also, the second honorary award, and this is the final section, um, was given out to R.D. Musgrave. Now, yeah, Musgrave. For pioneering in the use of coordinated equipment in the production, I had to look that up because I had no clue what the hell coordinated equipment meant. As far as I can tell, it comes down to basically nowadays it's, it's a different tech terminology nowadays, but basically it was it was him in charge of of figuring out what was, you know, what was in the script and then organizing the mass chaos that is making a film and making sure that they had everything ready for it. They had places they needed to be. They had everything organized and ready to go. And they had the the camera equipment. They had all the audio equipment. They had everything in place for the production to be done. Apparently, again, that hadn't been done to the extent that he had done it at that point. Nowadays, that's kind of all commonplace. That's all part of the production office. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was not a huge deal. And finally, it was entered into the National Film Registry in 1989. I would hope so. Yeah, you kind of expect this film to be in the National Film Registry, ironically, on its 50th birthday. Well, not on its birthday, but But 50th year. 50th anniversary. Yes. Lovely. Lovely. Lovely jobly. Really. Anyways. Sorry, I was dealing with some crap in my email while we were doing that. That is the awards section. Lovely. Um... Yeah, I mean, it won a ton of awards that year. It was, and it went up against a lot of a lot of 
well-known movies. Um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Uh, the original. I love one. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. <laughs> I, was watch- I watched it this weekend. <laughs> I'm not even joking. The original of Mice and Men, uh, Wizard of Oz. Not the Gary Sinise and John Malkovich? Not that one. Okay. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. <laughs> 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 Uh, you know that film <laughs> goodbye Mr. Chips Colin just randomly yells that at me every now and then because I used to get so upset about that still bugs me but yeah so goodbye yes. Mr. Chips <laughs> that's your that's your awards yep. it was one of the first first kind of big films in, in Hollywood history too it is the longest film to ever win best picture mm-hmm um uh Vivian Lee this is like the longest performance for a best actress winner. <laughs> um it's the first best picture in color. Um I think that's it. I'm I am a little bummed that it didn't win for best special effects. I can tell. Because you can watch this movie. I will say this. I know visual effects really well. Yes, you do. Because that's kind of just what I, that's what I like. I did it for a while. I kind of can, I can, I know how they do stuff. Obviously, that's why I had a whole technology section for a while. Yes. Um, and it's like, you watch this and yeah, you can see like, okay, there's a lot of mad paintings. There's a lot of set extensions. There's a lot of rear screen projection, especially when she's, it's the whole iconic shot of her on the hill when she's at Tara mm-hmm. and the suns that's behind her. And um, the end movie, or and the end scene. Yep. Yeah. But... You watch the movie, and sometimes it's hard to tell where, like, or actually 98% of the time, it's hard to tell where the <laughs> matte painting starts and the real live yeah. action begins, yeah. you know, or ends. Like, Unlike when we were watching Wizard of Oz, which is from the same year. Same year, because it went up against each other. And we couldn't, other. we could see, like, the corner of the soundstage yep. that they were in and all that stuff. And it wasn't until the final shot of the movie... That there was any kind of remote noticeable flaw in the visual effects, which is nuts. You have almost a four-hour movie, and it's that moment in the movie that you that like it's the last shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you weren't really looking, you wouldn't notice. Right. But I I notice things. So. <laughs> yep. I'm done now. I promise. Okay. I I don't want to read trivia. Don't read trivia. Let's just go into discussion. But I'm worried about episodes not be long enough. No, no, no. We'll talk about it. Can I just say that they interviewed 1,400 actresses to play Scarlet, and then uh, had 400 of them read for the enough. role, and only Paulette Goddard and um, Vivian Lee uh, were the only ones to be filmed like in color. For this, they also apparently digitally uh, altered uh, Vivian Lee's eyes from blue to green. Uh-huh. Really? It's cut. I don't know if they put it back after the fact because they looked pretty blue. Yeah. But yeah, because Scarlet's supposed to have green eyes. Oh, interesting. So, I guess I, I never. I never. I guess I will see because I've never read the book, so I, I, I it well, wouldn't I, have bothered yeah, me. I didn't either. <laughs> interesting. But people read more back then. A lot of people had probably read the book. Stupid people. Hey, now. I read. (laughs) I read. Stupid read people. I didn't know you knew how to read. (laughs) So, let's talk about this movie. Let us talk about this movie. Let's talk about why this movie is... Okay, let's talk about the fact it dropped four spots, because Raging Bull took its spot. And what moved up 10? Oh, Singing in the Rain, which is next. Yep, because that was 10, you said? On the list, it moved up. was number 10, is now number 5. So... I feel like why this is above Ben-Hur, why it's above Spartacus, why it's above Intolerance, Love, 
struggles, loves intolerance, loves struggle throughout the ages. Throughout the ages. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Titanic. I don't count Lord of the Rings. Titanic. Titanic. I don't count those. I'm talking no, like you're talking about these epics. Vintage, I'm the talking, ones that we were like we were discussing for Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. These, these old school yes, vintage. Exactly. And I said in the Lawrence of Arabia, so we would get into this more. Yeah. Yeah. So then Lawrence of Arabia. I'm not counting like I'm not counting Schindler's List. I'm not count. I'm not counting anything no. past like 19. 19- do like 75 yeah just push it nothing past spartacus yeah because basically these nothing on this list that's not spartacus because because at that point the concept of what that big epic adventure and part of the reason died because movies got cheaper hollywood almost went bankrupt yeah and well and like titanic yes could be considered an epic i guess but as we're talking about epics are more about like a purse, a single person's journey. Right. Because look at it. Ben Hur is about Judah Ben Hur. Spartacus is about Spartacus. You could argue. Lawrence of Arabia is about T. E. Lawrence. Right. Gone with the Wind is about Scarlet. Scarlet. You could. I mean, like, and because I'm just putting this out there so that way people know that we're not ignoring it. You could argue that Lord of the Rings does fall into that because it's about. Frodo's journey from beginning to end and him changing as a person. You could you could argue that. I know you that, could argue that. And here's the, the thing: you I won't understand find, where you're but at, but you won't find a bigger Lord of the Rings fan than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, eh. yeah. Also, movies, it's only been like 10, 15 years since that movie came out. Right? Movies, movies post seventy five when it came to like the big Titanic. epic films are are a different th- epic. Those are just long because Titanic could be told in an hour and a half. It could. And a lot of the stuff with the epics like that we were just talking about, a lot more practical effects, huge set pieces, bankrupting things, like yeah. the drama behind all of it. Titanic, which had that a little bit, it not did, anywhere near what this he stuff He did is. build what? Like a one-second-sized Titanic? But do we need to go back to the Ben-Hur episodes and talk about the guy that fell in the pool that had too much blue dye in it and who was dyed blue and was on the payroll and until payroll. the dye came yep. off? Yep, Like, stuff like that, I feel like... Because Hollywood was well, okay. Here, okay. Here's why I feel like these movies are more impressive to me from a production standpoint than the modern day films. Because like, like this, uh, like 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 Gone with the Wind, and even you know you could argue like Wizard of Oz, but like Gone with the Wind, and then like. Uh, yeah, like Lawrence of Arabia, which pushing it a little bit later into the mm-hmm. in film and Hollywood history and all that. But in like Spartacus and Ben-Hur and all that, you, you have it at a time where it's like Hollywood didn't have all these safety practices in place. Right. Like there's a lot more extra precautions about doing stuff. So a lot more people got hurt. There was a lot more danger to accomplish these effects, you know, to, to accomplish the director's looks back then than there are nowadays like yeah people can still get hurt people can still get killed you hear it all you hear it every once in a while people do get killed on like usually it's yeah. stuntmen you know but yeah right right, right right like the fact that nowadays they would never build a giant huge set piece like like in uh that was intolerance was it yeah oh uh, yeah the one that yeah. was there for for ages yeah that isn't like the outside of one of the theaters or something like that, that it was now? referenced in the, the kodak theater the yeah. Kodak mall area yeah there. yeah like 
They would never uh-uh. do th- that to that scale. Titanic, I think, is the closest they've come to right, and that's why it. that's borderline for right, me. Right, right. Nowadays, it's like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to. I mean, and Lord that. of the Rings to go back to that, just to give it its due. Mm-hmm. They did build all those sets. You know, they built Hobbiton. They grew right. Hobbiton for like a year and a half to get the gardens and everything all set the and, way they wanted. And to. again, much like Titanic, you could argue, yes, I it's get- borderlining on the old. It's almost like an homage to the old school epic. And I feel like the whole epic is diminished with those because of computer aided movie making. Stuff's not practical anymore. And it's not as impressive. It's cool what they it's cool what they can do. And and again, those two don't sacrifice effects for story, and I'm not gonna get into that tyrant again. But this and I'll go Wizard of Oz on that too. Mm -hmm. You know, the effects are not the story's not sacrificed for the effects. And those effects are way more impressive then and I'm not I'm not trying to undermine the people that do this because you and Colin can do that. Colin and I can do this, but in the but, same vein, I'm almost fine. I don't want to speak for Colin, but I feel like he and I both also have a strong appreciation for practical effects. And I'm sure the people that do the CG stuff do too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not taking it takes, you know, teams of animators and teams of people to do that, but it's not the same like physical labor that mm-hmm. it takes. It takes more mental labor to be able to be intelligent enough to work that sort of thing. Right. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Because I'm not trying to insult anybody by saying it's easier to do than that. Right. But it's a difference between physical labor and having to get enough people to put all that stuff together and paint all that stuff between or against the mental capacity it takes to be able to manipulate software and sync it up and all that stuff. I can't, make even, it look I like can't that. even fathom doing that. And that's where, you know, and it comes back down to the whole safety thing. Because guess what? If it came down to building a giant you know, ancient Egyptian, you know, set like they did in Intolerance mm-hmm. in real life, you know, that's 300 feet tall and is giant and there's like 2,000 extras and it's all these, you know, it's all this like organization to build that in real life or to simply build a digital version of it and shoot a dozen actors against a blue screen on a single level floor. Yeah, they're going to go the digital route because A, it's going to be a less cost effective. It's going to save time and it's going to be safer. Right. And that's again, that's where I'm going. Like in it, what makes the epics more impressive to me is because they risked lives yeah. doing it. Nowadays, we're so safety precautious in a lot of aspects. Not all the time. Not everybody does it. Because people on like the Batman, someone on a Batman movie died. Yep. I mean, people die. People die. And there, I appreciate that there are some directors who are attempting to do more stuff mm-hmm. practically and not as much in digital. But we're hoping for, for the new Star Wars is yes. more practical, less digital. Yes. And Use digital to enhance scenes. The practical. But don't rely solely on, on digital it. because in five years it's not going to look that great. Nope. Although Independence Day still looks pretty good, but again, and that's Jurassic another. Park it's one of those things. It was practical in digital enhancing practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of the aliens were still. Yeah, um, and they blew up the White House as a miniature. Yep. And the and the alien ships were all models against green screen mm-hmm. or blue screen, and then they composited. What they do with the them. dinosaurs? Were they robotic dinosaurs? They were robotic dinosaurs when there was interaction, like close up interaction right. with the humans, and then otherwise, like when they're walking around full size. Well, yeah, CG. that I can tell, but yeah, like the one that yells at Grant, like the T Rex yeah. that yells at Grant when he's out waving mm-hmm. the thing, but just the clo- like the it's just the, the head. That's that's an animatronic yeah. one, but then the one there's that, one like, like it at Wild Drug <clears throat> in South Dakota. <laughs> True story. I've seen it. Not sick. No, you're not. You're um, getting over it. I'm just getting over it. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's 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 that. It's it's uh yeah. So epics. The reason why this one is is considered to be a classic epic. That's not where I was going with this conversation, but I'm glad that that happened. I was going with why is this above everything else? Okay. For, for okay, so we're taking Titanic out, we're taking Lord of the Rings out. Yep. Titanic is the important one we need to remove from this equation. Yes. I'm talking epics pre 1975. Yep. Take Titanic out of the equation. Yep. This one is different because again, this goes back to the Melly discussion. Melanie, Melly, she's Melly throughout the movie, so I just call her Melly. Mm-hmm. If this was a tra- more traditional film from that era, Melly would have been the main character. Mm-hmm. It would have been about her struggle. She may, she probably might still have died at the spoiler. Melly dies like literally like the last like ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. Melly dies, and, and that's how the she, movie would have she's ended. In, she's in it from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Like she's always there with Scarlet, and but you know she's always there like she she's nice to Belle Watling when no one else is and mm-hmm. it comes back to repay her later and you know she's always there for Rhett to help him and it repays you know it, everything she does ends up helping someone else in her life and then she ends up being the, if this was more it, this is a it had you could say this is a tragic ending whatever mm-hmm. but I mean if this was a straight up like melodramatic tragedy movie that maybe wasn't four hour long epic yeah you know, she would have tragically died at the end when she gave everything to everyone else yep. and she didn't have the strength to carry herself and blah, 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 blah. Yep. It's different because it's from Scarlett's point of view and Scarlett is a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. From beginning to end, yes. she is a bitch. <laughs> I like to I like to relate this movie to being almost like the whole Gilder scene in Rosencrantz. Rosencrantz and Gilderstern. Our, yeah. yeah. Our dead Our thing. Dead. Yeah. Where it's like... There's a whole story going on. With, mm-hmm. There's a there's a separate movie. I'm gonna watch Hamlet when I get home. <laughs> there's a separate movie of Melanie that's going on, mm-hmm. and we but we are following the secondary character, which yeah. is Scarlet, and all the cr- stupid shit she does. Yeah, she's the antagonist, right? Would that be the right? Yeah, like, she's like, not like, the like protagonist, in- but she's she's the protagonist, but with more antagonistic characteristics. Right, like if it was Melanie's story. Would you think she would have probably ended up being the antagonist because she kept yeah. trying to come after yeah, her exactly. husband, yep. like Ashley yep. and all that? Yep. So we're It in- would have been like she's trying to come at, you know, if this was from Melly's point of view, it would be, you know, Scarlet's constantly trying to undermine her and get her husband from her, and yet Melanie is still kind to Scarlet and helps her, and, mm-hmm. you know, Scarlet... I mean, the only, like, good thing Scarlet does pretty much this whole movie... Yep. Is save Melly from when Atlanta's burning. Yep. And I feel like because that's before the intermission and Scarlet, you know, Scarlet right before the intermission is, you know, as God is my witness, I will never be hungry again. I think that because there's an intermission and people might not have known what was going on, you know, maybe Scarlet takes a turn. She stops being the spoiled brat mm-hmm. that she was. But no, like Scarlet never develops. She is like developmentally, like as a character, her development is stunted. She doesn't change. No. She, she acts the exact same way from she, beginning to end. Yeah, Until she, the end when she has that epiphany, you think she has the epiphany. Yeah. And then she, Rhett leaves and she's like, Meh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go back I'll to Tara because you know my dad's voiceover told me to. Yeah, like like she she only cares about herself. Now again, you can argue that that is. I mean, she cares about her child, quality. and yes, like you know, like she's oh, a very fiercely independent. She she's cares about independent. herself. Yeah, yes, like she makes sure that she's happy, and then everybody right. else is second. Like yeah. she almost just she takes everyone else's a, a like, she takes love them to granite. Ru- yeah, and she almost takes them and herself to you know to ruin with her. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's why this is where it is on the list, because name another movie on the list like this. You know, it's really weird. Like, compare this to Sophie's Choice, as much as I hate to bring that up. <laughs> think about it, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's true. Oh, I know, I know. Sophie's Choice is beneficial for one thing, me making a point. But... <laughs> Shut the front door. Yeah. And apparently, <laughs> I, I, and there's trivia in this about... Can I record an intro on Sophie's Choice going, no matter what our opinion of this episode is, go Lindsay listen to episode 102. Episode 102. <clears throat> Five episodes away from the end, and, and then we finally make it good. they tried to rewrite the script and oh, make really? Scarlet less, like trying to make her less shallow and give her more dimension and insight. And Margaret Mitchell didn't like it. And stuff like that. Apparently, there's a play based on how terrible, like, the original rewrite of Gone with the Wind was, or the, the writing of Gone with the Wind was. I, again, it's in the trivia or something. Oh, no, it's on that article you're going to post, I'm, which I just skimmed through. But it's like, Margaret Mitchell approved of Vivian Lee's interpretation of Scarlet. So, obviously, I haven't read the book. I've had it for years. Yeah. I have a digital edition on my Nook, and I've got, like, I bought, like, a paperback one from a thrift shop once. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that, like, if you go on... Amazon or not even Amazon. I'm pretty sure like the like the one of the bookstores, even the iTunes bookstore one, I'm almost certain Gone with the Wind was free. Cause I think I, I have a digital have copy. It, of I may it. have gotten it for free or I may have paid like three dollars for yeah, it. Yeah, it's you can get a digital version of the book and it's next to nothing. But it's still it's several bajillion pages. I can tell oh, yeah. you exactly because I've got it right here. And it's in a second. You know what's so weird is that like I guess I've never God, this, this podcast really freaking has opened my eyes to so many movies. You can tell how much we've matured. Oh, yeah, in yeah. In this movie. Oh, God, I listen. We're in this, uh, these podcasts now. So, um, for the record, I recorded a new intro for Ben-Hur. So, because, spoiler alert, that's technically the next episode we're doing yes. is the rewatch of Ben-Hur. It's not the next movie. It's, it's the rewatch. Next... We're gonna, I think what's going to happen, though, is we're going to rewatch it and then talk about what how we feel about it now. Yes. Compared, compared to, to what, yeah, because we won't do our normal format because no. if you want to see that, you want to hear the trivia awards and stuff, go listen to the original episode. And I'm sure Jeff will put an intro it. on that, but. Yeah, I, I, I recorded, I oh, you're yeah. looking up Gone with the Wind. I recorded a new intro for Gone with the Wind because, or uh, for, uh, for Ben-Hur because, and I specifically stated in that, that we've, Basically, it's designed for anybody who knew, who's new to the podcast and just kind of warning everybody that, look, that episode is not a very good one and we are redoing it and blah, blah, blah and all that, but that we've really matured as film watchers, oh, no, I film goers. This. Gone with the Wind is 1,102 pages. There's a it's lot like of stuff that they do 200 pages cover. less than The Stand, which I've been reading for almost a year. And I'm only like 200 pages. Didn't in. you start reading that? When it was we my 4th like, of July last vacation. 4th of July, book, yeah. But yeah. I didn't want to drop it in the lake. I still got it all wet, but I didn't want to drop it in the lake. <laughs> still got it all wet. I did. Um, I got it in the lake <clears throat> wet. No, you know, it's so weird because it's like I've never I've never looked at Gone with the Wind like we, we just did. By the way, guys, in case you're all wondering, our conversations are legitimately coming up off off the top of our heads on the spot like mm-hmm. this these these are not planned we we purposely and i'm pretty sure we said this on some old episode we purposely don't try to talk too much about the movie while we're watching it mm-hmm. because we're afraid we're going to taint our opinions yeah so just throw that out there i use the word taint um no so i mean this this movie is is it, it's it's so weird because it's like i don't know how I don't know how you're supposed to feel yes, about you did Scarlet. Say that. At the yes. end of this movie, I don't know. Hell, even halfway through the movie, all through the movie, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about her. You know, a lot of movies. You have moments of pity for her. Yeah. 
you have moments that are thr- like obviously when Bonnie. Yep. Or because they always Bonnie. kept hearing like they said Bunny, and I'm like, I know they no, need name Bunny. It's Bonnie. But it's like when Bonnie dies. It's like, you feel bad for her. Yeah. You know, like, there are moments. When she falls down the stairs and she's sick, you feel bad for her. Yeah. When her, you know, she comes home and her life, you know, that she left behind is completely gone, literally Mm -hmm. burned to the ground. Yep. You have some modicum of sympathy for her. You still maybe have a little bit more sympathy for her in the first part. Because if you think about it, she does do some good. Like, she goes and volunteers at the hospital and she tries to help all these people. Yep. And then the war ends and she gets burned and... She just turns into an angry little spud. Angry, angry little potato. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like I don't. I just I don't know when when at the at the end of the at the end of the day, I don't know if I walk away from Gone with the Wind feeling any sympathy overall towards right. Scarlet. I feel bad that yeah. That I feel, I feel worse that she treated everybody else like the way yeah, she did. Yeah, that's I, I agree. I'm happy when Rhett does his whole. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn line. Yep. Like you feel good at that point because you're finally just like somebody who's like, no, fuck you, yeah. I don't care. I'm, do- I'm not. I'm done I'm with not this crap. With you, yeah. Like you finally feel good that someone stood up to her. And it's like, I, I I don't know if that's what they were going for. Maybe not everybody sees it this way. Maybe everybody just sees her as a tragic character who's had a lot of crap dealt with her and she's trying to make the best of it. Right. If that's the case, okay. Let us know, first off, uh, if that's how you see it. But it's like, I, I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, and as an adult watching Go with the Wind, I watch this going, my God, I just don't like her. I really do not like right. Scarlet. She's evil and she's manipulative and she only cares about herself. And I hate that. I absolutely right. hate that. I feel bad. I feel sadder about Melanie dying and stuff right. like that. Yeah, Melly dying is sad. Yeah. And you come to realize, you know, <sighs> Scarlet spends the whole movie manipulating all these people and like pining <laughs> for Ashley. And, and then they Ash- all die. No, well, that. Every and then, person she manipulates dies. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then Ashley, you know, Melly dies and Scarlet is like, you know, I mean, she, I'm sure she feels some sadness that Molly's dying. Mm-hmm. But then she sees it as, score, Ashley's mine now, finally. Yeah. And then Ashley's like, I don't love you like that. Yeah. Like, he loves her as a sister, and which I think he says in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> not, not ever. If I recall the four hours ago, but... <laughs> so you never loved me like that. No, no. Back How up. long has it been? Have you not figured this out? <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's... I was worried the episode wasn't going to be long enough. I'm enjoying that every episode, our discussions appear to be longer and longer. They're way more interesting when we have oh, the discussion here. So like, I want to go back and re-record, like, a <laughs> bunch of episodes. Be like, okay, so this is what we actually thought about the movie. And not just rattling off shit you can look up yourself on IMDb. So I'm not even doing the two stuff and things. But, oh, yeah. And I didn't do any uh, Inflation Nation. No. They said they had tried. money in here. But it's also Civil War era. Yeah. And, as you and pointed, it's Confederate. It's Confederate money. And that's... Slightly different. Yeah. And I was like, ah, no, I'm, exactly. I'm not doing it. So, well, okay. any final thoughts regarding Gone with the Wind? We I'm just really happy I've now officially seen it from beginning, from beginning to, to end, end in one sitting. Because I've seen it from beginning to end, but never beginning to end in one sitting. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy. I'm happy to have walked away from it with a completely different opinion of the movie than mm-hmm. I ever, ever thought yeah. I'd have, which is awesome. Uh, but that's. And that's obviously, we know why it's at on the yeah. list and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. We're going to wrap this up now because I haven't been home in six days at my own house. So I've been keeping her here. Yeah. Well, no. I've been sick. You must ah, deal with it. No. Um, it's all fell from here. 
Next week's episode is Ben Hur Part Two. Yes, <laughs> Ben Hur Two. <coughs> By the way, I used to think it was Tootsie to the Reckoning. It's Tootsie to the Aftermath. Oh, and I think it's Sophie's Choice, The Reckoning. The Reckoning. Yeah. Or Sophie's Choice 2, Sophie's Revenge, or something like that. <laughs> it's in the Tootsie episode that I make. I say that. But, yeah. Ben-Hur 2, Electric Boogaloo. That'll be next week. Yep. Enjoy it. We're going to pretend that nothing ever happened. But I'm actually glad that we're going to watch it. Yeah, I'm interested to see it now. It's only been... <laughs> it's only been a little 90, over two years. And 80... 90, it was, it was 94 movies. 94 movies 94 ago. 94 movies ago. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe we're almost done doing this. It was this. a long time ago. <laughs> now we're gonna it was stop. Two years ago. Now we're gonna stop doing the podcast and wait six years and then do the final five. Yes. Is that cool, with everybody? No, we're not gonna do the final five. We're gonna wait two years until they re-release the list. Then we're gonna do the whole list again. Ah, good idea. <laughs> That's so we should though when they do, evil. but no, when they do release the list, we should do like a like not like a reunion episode, yeah. but like a, a recap episode. And be like, okay, so here's the list. Here's the new list, and this is where things are. Yeah, this and is how it shook out. This because we speculated. Here. Yeah, this is what's here. This is what moved. We should do that. We'll Let's do try that. and remember to do that. We'll try to remember. I'm sure. Although that- apparently, we also once said that we were going to do a top ten desert island list as our summer bonus episode, and we never did that or oh. thought about it again. <laughs> We might have to throw that in the final eh, recap. Hey, the show's done episode. Yeah, maybe. Because that's separate from Civil, uh, Citizen Kane. Did we ever discuss yeah, that? No, or yeah. Are we doing like, uh, like after Citizen Kane? Then we're yeah, actually going to do, do like a, a wrap up. A wrap up. So talk about like what we would change about the list. Oh yeah, what yeah. Our what favorite our, movies on the list. Are, yeah. Like what our personal top five is. That's right. That that's right. So we'll maybe we'll throw it in there. Yeah. As the final. Yeah. Ten minutes of the episode. <laughs> All right, kids, it's all uphill from here. Yeah! <laughs> With the coughing. <coughs> good night, Radio Rahim. Say good night, CK Dexter Haven. I watch that, too. Oh, I watch Hamlet and that. It was the two weirdest know, movies to like watch together. Four hours, four or five hours of movies. You're not going to watch any of it. Uh-uh, You're going to go home and watch Doctor Who. <laughs> no. I'm going to go home and catch up on TiVo. Oh, yeah. You got to watch Broadchurch. I got to watch Broadchurch. Well, I only have the one episode, but yeah. All right, kids. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Did you know you also used to say that um, (laughs) this this one goes out to Radio Raheem is what you used to, one of the things you used to say, and it was whatever movie it was went out to Radio Raheem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When did I stop saying this one goes out? I don't know. You did it for like a handful of, you're still doing it in the ones I'm listening to right now, but. I'm glad that you are re-listening to our episodes. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah. I haven't. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. What? I did just... (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Ashley. Goodbye, Ashley. 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 This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>